What does it mean to live differently? Hi, I'm Jenna. Welcome to the Simple Home Podcast. The real reason behind this podcast is to encourage you to live differently. In a society that tells us that more is better and busy is to be expected, I want to give you permission and tips and tricks to help you create a simpler home, simpler days, and cherished moments. Each week, we'll talk about decluttering, organizing, and managing a home. We'll talk about thriving in motherhood, slowing down, and cherishing the journey. Most importantly, we'll have real conversations with real moms who are choosing to live differently and finding joy in motherhood. Take the first step to simplifying your motherhood and head over to athomewithkids.com forward slash resources to find a free resource that's perfect for you in the season that you're in. And stick with me each week as we dive into these topics together. Well, hey there. Welcome to another episode of the Simple Home Podcast. In case we haven't met before, my name is Jenna, and I am so thrilled to have you here. Today, I got to interview Rachel from 3 and 30 Takeaways for Moms. It is a podcast that I love to listen to because she puts in so much into a 30-minute period with three really good takeaways that you literally can put into action right away. So I always love that when it's small tidbits and something that I can really go and do. So I invited Rachel on the show to talk about this concept of decluttering motherhood because as you well know, we talk a lot about simplifying and decluttering our physical stuff and mindset and all of that on the Simple Home Podcast. And she just has such a good take on what it really looks like to declutter our motherhood so we can find more joy in our days. So I know you're going to love it. She has so much packed in here. We talk about negative self-talk. We talk about what really clutters up our minds and how we can let go of those. She even talks about um, what she went through when she hired a professional organizer to come into her home and when she realized that it was more than just letting go of her physical things. We talk about really just being the mom that we are right now and not the mom we think we should be and so much more. So make sure to stay tuned all the way to the end. She also tells you a little bit about a product she's launching. And at this point, if you are listening to this in real time, the product is already out. So make sure to listen to the end because it is so much fun and I already got my hands on it. So I know you're going to love that as well. All right, let's dive into the interview. Well, hi there, Rachel. Thank you so much for coming on the Simple Home Podcast today. I am so excited to have you on the show. Thank you so much for having me. Yeah. I'm also um, incredibly excited about our topic today, but before we jump in, can you just tell us a little bit about yourself and what you do? Yeah. So I have a podcast called 3 and 30 Takeaways for Moms, and each 30-minute episode has three actionable takeaways. I was a former high school English teacher before my kids were born, and I taught students how to take big complex ideas and boil them down to the big points. And a lot of times it was three, three points in a thesis (laughs) statement. So that's what I do with my podcast, all different types of motherhood topics. And we just get right into it with the takeaways. I love what I do. I live in Idaho in the mountains that are beautiful and I have two kids and that's a little bit about me. Awesome. Well, yeah, I love the format of your episodes because at the end of it, you do, you have exact takeaways to be like, okay, I can implement this in my life right now. And whether it's all three or just one at a time, um, it's always perfect. So I love that. And I love the bite-sized chunks. 30 minutes is doable for a mom as we do dishes or 
carpool or whatever. So yeah, yep. that was what I had in mind when I created it. I'm like, moms don't have very much time or brain space. So I got to make these short and memorable. Yes. So, just like high schoolers, cool. right? I think I um, <laughs> am, have the similar brain to a high schooler at this point. Yes, it's true. So Yeah. Well, our topic today is about decluttering motherhood. And I was so excited when you mentioned this topic because I'm always talking about simplicity. That's kind of what we talk about on my podcast. And so I'm excited for your expertise on decluttering motherhood a bit. So first, can you kind of tell us what you mean by the idea of decluttering motherhood? Yeah, I feel like so many of us think about decluttering as a physical process and we see there's documentaries on Netflix about it, there's books about it, and we get kind of excited about, you know, a really clean closet or watching it transform someone else's closet, even if we don't want to do it to our own. (laughs) Um, But, and I, and I actually had that experience where I had a friend of mine who's a professional organizer came to my home and she helped me organize every closet and drawer and cupboard And, but what was interesting is that as we went through that process of the physical decluttering, I realized that there was a lot of mental and emotional decluttering that needed to happen because I would come across physical items that would spark a lot of shoulds or guilt for me. And I'd have a hard time letting go the physical item because it was connected to like a should. So there's like a whole box of books that I had bought to teach my children how to read that I'd never actually used. And it's like, do I let go of this? Because a good mom should teach their kids how to read, but I didn't. So, (laughs) so like, do I hang on to these and hope that I'll do it with my next kid? Or do I just accept that that's not my favorite thing? Even though I'm a former English teacher, I just love to read to my kids. I don't want to sit down and teach them how to read. And so do I accept myself and do I accept the mom that I am or do I hold on to these physical items that really speak to the mom that I think I should be or that I thought I would be and that carry a lot of guilt um, and shame attached to them. And I really do think that when you see physical things that spark a feeling of guilt in you, that that wears on you day Mm -hmm. after day after day. If you see those things and think, why am I not doing that? I should be doing that. A good mom does that. And so when I talk about decluttering your motherhood, I really mean letting go of not just the physical things, but also the mental things and the shoulds and the guilt and really embracing the mom that you actually are instead of always pining after the mom that you wish you were. Yeah. Wow. That is so powerful that you said that. And I don't think I've um, touched on that idea of like holding on to things because we think we should do something. We often talk about on my podcast, holding on to things because we feel guilty. Like we, you know, we aren't our pre-baby weight anymore. So we hold on to these clothes because we will be someday. But the truth is we just need to enjoy our bodies right now. Like we gave birth to children, right? Yeah. And a powerful and it's a blessing. And so um, I love that idea though, because I'm thinking right now in my brain about all the things I do hold on to. I was an elementary school teacher before I stayed home. And so my kids right now are elementary school age. And especially with them being remote learning a lot of the time right now, I often feel guilt like, well, I should be able to teach my kids this, or I should be doing all these, you know, activities. And honestly, I don't have it in me at this point. <laughs> Um, to do that. And so I do hold on to things I think that I should be using. So I love that you brought that up because we don't always talk about it being just guilt of the mom that we feel like we should be rather than, um, you know, I talk about the body 
obviously, or the things we used to do, like we used to be runners, but now we're not because we have children or, you know, all those things. So yeah, I think that's really powerful for us to think about for sure. So what do you feel like, I know you just said kind of the stuff and the mother that we should be, but are there things that you feel like really clutter up our motherhood experience to allow us to be that mom that we, we are rather than the mom that we want to be? Yeah, I think that our motherhood gets cluttered up when we don't have good boundaries. And I think that's both with ourselves and with other people when we don't have boundaries with ourselves and what we take on and what we, even what we allow ourselves to say to ourselves about, and and that goes into a lot of like negative self-talk. If we are allowing ourselves to have really negative dialogue about who we should be, that's really cluttering up our mind and stealing joy from us, as well as boundaries with other people who kind of thrust stuff into our motherhood expectation or our motherhood closet, as I call it, of, you know, volunteering at church or the activities with kids or the PTA or whatever it might be. And we just start, it starts to clutter up and, and weigh us down. Um, if, and if we're not clear on what we actually want, then it can start to feel really heavy, all these different expectations, both coming from ourselves and from other people. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I'm kind of intrigued by this term that you just use of the motherhood closet. Can you tell me what you mean by that? Yeah, I, I often talk about when I talk about this concept of decluttering your motherhood, I, I do make a direct parallel to a closet. And the way that you would unclutter a closet, like a physical closet, and you take everything out of the closet and you spread it across the bed and you make conscious decisions about what deserves to go back into the closet. And I think that so often we, we need to declutter our motherhood closets. We need to really get clear on what is even in there. What are we expecting of ourselves? What are the shoulds that are hidden? We need to, and I, I advise women to get out a sheet of paper and just dump it all out, like empty the motherhood closet of all of the shoulds, both the things that you think you should be doing, but you don't really want to, as well as the shoulds that you do want to, but they're, they're weighing on you regardless either way. And you need to get a clear view of what is all in there. And then how can I sort through and decide what actually sparks joy for me that I want to be in there and what I can let go of because it doesn't fit me. It's not my style anymore. You know, there's these direct parallels between decluttering a physical space and decluttering your motherhood, your mind, your heart when it comes to these topics. Yeah, absolutely. I'm a big one on getting things out of our brain and onto paper because yes. we think we know what's in there, but until you actually like write it down, you don't even realize how much how much thoughts you have and information and all those things are just cluttered up there. So I love that idea. And for all the listeners, yes. if this is the only thing you take away from this episode, do that today. <laughs> write all these things down so that um, you can you know, purge your motherhood closet. I love that (laughs) that you said that. Yeah. So what are some other tips you can give us to kind of help us mitigate this in the first place? Because we know with social media and the comparison that we deal with and just all the junk that's in our head, um, that motherhood is cluttered. (laughs) So how can we kind of mitigate this moving forward? Yeah. I think that you have to, well, there's a couple different things. I think you have to control the input that you're allowing into your motherhood closet. If you let 
social media or others have like welcome input into your motherhood closet and you have no boundaries around that for yourself, then of course it's going to get more and more cluttered. And, um, so, and then you also have to have a process to figure out how to get rid of stuff that's already in there. So I feel like it's kind of a two part thing where try to keep stuff out in the first place, but then also be clear on what to do if stuff gets in there that you don't actually want in there. So I think that that can look like having sort of a set way that you respond to people's requests that gives you just like a beat or a second to think, do I actually want and do I have the bandwidth to take this into my motherhood closet right now? So, you know, kind of having a script where if somebody comes to you and asks you to help them with something or gives you an opportunity at work or at church or whatever, even if your instinct is that you want to do it, just give yourself a second and just say, wow, thank you so much. That sounds like such a great opportunity. Um, I need a few days to go home and look at my calendar and talk to my partner and then I will let you know instead of just answering immediately. Um, and also having a little bit of a script for if you decide you want to have, you do, you want to say no to the thing of kind of like a kind way to say no, but to have that boundary and say, thank you so much for thinking of me for this opportunity. I wish you so much luck with it. It's just not going to work for my family right now. You know, and I think for women, it's, you have to get, you have to practice almost because we've sort of been conditioned to think that it's selfish to ever say no to anything. Um, and we want to just continue taking things in, taking things in, doing it all, doing it all. And so we kind of have to practice this script of saying no. And also when you start to do it, you start to realize that for the most part, people are okay with it. And then you get more comfortable and confident over time saying more, no more often, but it's going to be difficult at first to have that. So that would be, I feel like more a process for, that's actually both for not letting things in, you know? Um, so having that boundary or that process in place where you're, you don't let too much into your closet, as well as you can use a, that similar script. If you realize if you do your motherhood brain dump and you realize that there's stuff on your list of things you're doing that you really do not want to be doing, that they don't spark joy for you, they're just cluttering you up, you need to have a conversation and tell the person that you're not going to do that anymore. And you can use this very similar script where you say, I'm so thankful for the opportunity I've had to work with you. I just wanted to let you know that this doesn't work for my family anymore and starting this date, I will no longer be on the PTA or I can no longer help with the church thing or whatever it might be. Um, so that can help with like outside shoulds that you feel like are in your closet that are put on you. Yeah, definitely. I want to kind of piggyback off two things just to make sure that the audience really heard these two things. And one is when just having that space, like that time, there's always a space between, you know, our, what happens and then our reaction to it. Even if yes. we make it like a minimal teeny tiny space, which is what we usually do, right? We react immediately. So I like that you said that. And I can't remember, I know there's a book that I read just recently about a, a guy who studied that, like that space. And I just can't remember what his name is. Um, but yeah, I think that's a huge one. Even when we react to like our kids, <laughs> their behaviors and different things, like to give yes. ourselves a little bit of space in between um, our response to something. So I think if we can remember to pause for a moment, um, that's a really big one. But I also wanted to 
this idea of saying no. I wanted to kind of piggyback off of that because one thing I've noticed, the more I say I can't do something, it's almost like a relief from the other person too because a lot of times it's another mom who thinks they have to be doing this and it kind of gives them an out to be like, oh, maybe we should just drop this (laughs) for right now. You know, so it's almost like they want to do this dinner party or something. And you're like, we just can't make that happen. And they're like, you know what? I can't either. (laughs) So sometimes it's a relief on their end too, that they don't have to hold up that end of the, you know, the deal of whatever it is that you have said you'll do. So I think we have to remember that we might be giving ourselves an out, but we might also be helping out somebody else to have a little more space. (laughs) And I think it's so good for women to see other women doing this and it gives them, like you said, it gives them permission. Um, it, as well as it just, it just makes it more like it's your relationships are more honest when you can say no to each other. I feel like I trust my friends more when they say no to me, because I know that means that they will say no to me if it's a burden or whatever. And so I trust them more. And just an example of that. So I recently got asked to work with the youth, the young women at my church. And I said, yes, and I love working with teenagers, but I also knew when I said yes, that this is an extremely busy time of my life. It's something I want to do, but I had to put some boundaries in place from the beginning of what that was going to look like for me. So basically I had to have a conversation with the president of the organization and say, this is what I'm able to give. If you still want me to do this, I'm happy to, but if you'd rather ask somebody else that can give more, that's totally fine too. Um, But just starting with that relationship, I think was a relief for her to know that I would be honest with her and I would tell her when things were too much And she had actually said, she's like, since Halloween's going to be different this year, um, maybe we should like do a little drive through Halloween carnival for the community where like they just drive through and we give them goodie bags or something. And this was, this was hard for me because in my mind I was like, oh, there's no way I do not want to do that. I am just (laughs) way too maxed out. It's just such an extra thing. Like it's not anything that actually benefits benefits the girls like spirituality or you know and but I'm like can I really tell her that I don't want to do that and I finally just said I think it's a great idea I can't help with it but if you want to do it I totally think that's wonderful but just so you know I'm not available to help with that and then just like you said she responded and said you're right why would we do that I I don't have time for that either we're not going to do that (laughs) (laughs) So it just took somebody being like, let's all just take a pause here and think about what's going on with our families and then decide consciously if we really want to do that. Yeah, absolutely. I think too, saying no right now doesn't mean saying no forever. Like if you had said no to this position to lead the youth at your church, it doesn't mean that later down the line, when your kids are a little older, you couldn't go back and say, yes, I want to do this now because I can give more of my time and my mental energy. So sometimes we forget, like if we say no right now, you know, it doesn't mean we have to say no forever. So I think we have to keep that in mind too. As our seasons change, then we can change the amount of stuff we can bring into our lives and Mm -hmm. change what we're willing to do. Yeah. There's different times like our our closet is has different capacity, our motherhood closet, or it's just full of different things. Maybe the capacity is always the same, but in some seasons, it's just more full of 
family and kids and in other seasons there may be more room for the community involvement and different things so it really does require this reevaluation of what's in your closet and figuring out not only what you want to take out but also what you want to add so yeah. sometimes you might want to look in your motherhood closet and say okay i've got lots in this area but i'm really i really don't have much with community involvement and i'm missing that and i want to add that so having a clear inventory of what's in there helps you to know what's missing and what you want to add and what would bring joy to your life. Yeah, absolutely. I know I worked with a lot of moms when COVID happened, like when at the beginning of it, you know, when all of a sudden we were all stuck at our houses and all of this pressure to like get so much done while you're stuck at home came out and they were like, I'm supposed to clean my whole house and declutter my whole house and start homeschooling my kids and, you know, teach them Spanish because we're all home together. And like all of these things started bombarding us because all of a sudden we had time. And while I feel like that's great, you know, you have the time for it. Now you have a little bit of space maybe we often feel like we all of a sudden have to fill all of that space too. Like if you mm. do have a little bit more space. So I do love this idea that you've just mentioned of, you know, look at what you do have on your plate and maybe there's some things you can shift around and take out some things to add some things. Because when we, you know, with COVID and with all the changes, that's where I've seen moms be like, okay, now I have all this freedom. I'm going to do all these great things. And now they're overwhelmed again <laughs> in that space. So really putting it all out there and saying like, what really would benefit my kid right now or me right now or our family right now the most, let's do that. And where can I add a couple of these things that I might be missing is so much better than looking at, you know, the internet or whatever and saying, well, all these families are doing all of this. So yeah. I'm going to just bring it all in. <laughs> yeah. And, like and I think you mentioned social media earlier and I do think social media is so much input mm -hmm. and sometimes you just need, and I love it. I mean, I'm very active with my podcast account on there and I learn so much and I get, but I also have times where I just can't. And the beginning of COVID was one of them for me where there were so many resources being shared. There were like amazing free resources for families, which is such a service. But when you just see all of them, you're like, well, I want to do all of them or I should be doing all of them, you yeah. know? And it's just sometimes you just got to turn that off and turn inward and say, we don't need a, like a guide, like a homeschool guide or a this or that. Like I can just read to my kids and enjoy this yeah. time and teach them that way. One thing that's overwhelming me right now is the holiday gift guides that are all coming out. And I'm like, all of a sudden I'm like, oh, and I need to get this for this person and this. And sometimes it's like, again, great ideas on there. Maybe give yourself a time limit to browse them for an hour once and yeah. then be done and just look inward and decide what you want to give people. Yeah, exactly. It's, it can be just information overload, right? Like we have it at our fingertips. And so we feel like, oh, this is great, but there's boundaries. Like you've been talking about so much. We got to, we got to set some of those boundaries for ourselves for sure. Yeah. Now and I want to go back to something that you were talking about a little bit before with negative self-talk, because one of your um, kind of earlier episodes on your podcast that I listened to was all about negative self-talk. And it's one of my favorite ones. I've actually listened to it several times because I feel like that is one of the things that clutters up our minds because we're moms and because we're humans, really. I think everybody struggles with this at, to some capacity, um, whether it's comparison or whether it's comparing ourselves to who we thought we would be or any of those things. 
just that negativity in our own heads. Um, I know that it happens. It's just rampant for so many people. Do you have some, just some tips that might help moms deal with this or start to really even just realize that they're doing it to themselves? Cause that I think is sometimes the first, <laughs> the first yes, thing. Absolutely. I think it's the first thing. Um, and in that episode, I talk about my experience going to counseling and mm -hmm. a lot of the tools, like there's actual concrete tools to learn how to overcome these, some of these, you know, negative cycles that we get into. I think before I just always thought it was like, think more positively, love yourself, which seems so nebulous. I'm like, I need some concrete strategies to know how to do that. Of course, I want to think more positively. Of course, I want to love myself more, but how? And one of the tools that my counselor taught me was um, the difference between a filtered thought and a big picture thought. Mm -hmm. And so she would have me like write down the negative thoughts that I had about myself during the day. And again, that gave me that gave me recognition that it was even happening. Because I think sometimes it's just this, it's this soundtrack in our mind. We don't even really know. It's just happening in the background. And so like terrible things that you're thinking about yourself that you would never say to anybody else, that you would be embarrassed to say out loud, that you would, it would break your heart to hear your kids say about themselves, you know, or your best friend. And so getting it out of your mind and onto paper and writing down the actual terrible thought you have, um, and then re realizing that that thought is probably a filtered thought. So like you are just seeing the whole of your experience through one negative, small, narrow filter of like, I am a terrible mom because I yelled at my kids. And so you're, you are seeing the entirety of your motherhood through this one filter of you yelled at them. And maybe you actually did. You yelled at them, which is something you're not proud of. But then she said, zoom out and like on the other side of the paper, write the big picture. So the big picture is I fed my kids meals. I read them stories. I sang them a bedtime lullaby. I like there's all of this evidence to support a bigger picture, you know, like view of who you are. And then you start to see, oh, that negative thought is just supported by a very narrow filter. And there's so many other things that support a bigger picture of who I am. And then I think it becomes just sort of becomes more habitual. Like I don't write out my negative thoughts anymore, but I do still do this process where I will, even yesterday, I was, I'm, I'm about to launch my first physical product and it's just so much more work than I ever thought. <laughs> and yesterday I was like, oh, I am just, so I'm just a moron. Like I just am not organized. And I have, and then I just stop myself and I'm like, Rachel, like zoom out a little bit. Yes. You didn't do a very great job with this certain thing in the timeline that you should have, but look at all of the new things that you were doing with this launch and all the things you've learned and all the things you're juggling. You're not a moron. You're just a human who's learning something new and it's hard for humans to learn new things. So in a way it's almost like you become your own like mom or best friend where like if your best friend came to you and said, I'm really feeling like I'm a loser because of this, your instinct would be like, are you kidding me? Look at all the amazing things you do. Like you would just give them all this evidence that, that refutes that negative thought. And so you have to learn to do that with yourself. You need to be your own cheerleader, your own best friend Feel it, feel the like, yes, I'm disappointed that I yelled at my kids. It's okay to feel that and then take a deep breath and say, here's all the things I'm doing well. 
and I'm just going to apologize and we're going to move forward because I am a good mom. I'm not a bad mom. Because when you start to think of yourself as a good mom, you act like a good mom. And when you stay in that spiral of thinking you're a bad mom, then you just keep acting like a bad mom. So you kind of have to like break the cycle and give yourself some concrete evidence to get out of whatever negative thought it is that's spiraling you down. Yes, absolutely. I That is the one biggest takeaway I took from that episode too, is just the filtered thinking because that is where we live. We live in those little little moments, especially with young kids, you know, where it's like a tantrum and then you're like, you know, what did I do to cause this? And why can't I, why can't I get my kid through the grocery store without them, you know, throwing themselves on the floor while that mom's, you know, drinking her latte with her child so happy in the, in the car seat, you know, like you just, you go through these, these little filtered moments. So that is so helpful to think about just the big picture and our kids see us through that bigger picture. They don't see us through that one little moment. I mean, they forget about these things like within two minutes and you're like, oh, I'm still I, not over this. And you were over it an hour ago. It's so, so true. Like, we have to remind I, ourselves. I've, I recently like lost it on my kids. Like I haven't in months, you know, like I really lost it on them. And I felt so bad. And it was within an, the hour I went and apologized. And they were like, what are you talking about? <laughs> yeah. It's like, you know, when I totally screamed at you and they're like, oh, my son was like, oh, you were just stressed out. We all have bad moments, mom. You're, you're a good mom. I'm like, what? There we go. You know? <laughs> yeah. So they do so see true. us with, I think when we're doing our best, when we're moms who are doing our best, our kids can see that and recognize that. Yeah. Yep. And love and hugs just overcome so much of our faults. I think <laughs> that's yes. as long as they know we love them. I think we can forgive ourselves for all the little mistakes that we make along the way. Right. And mm -hmm. I just, I just always pray every night. I'm like, God, just fill in my gaps because I know I have them. Like just, you know, plant those little seeds in the little people that I have that I didn't plant today <laughs> because I'm trying. <laughs> so, yes. Yep. And that's enough. Yep. And that's exactly. So I have a question that I ask all of my, all the guests that come on this show. So I'd love to ask it to you. And it is, if you grab, a, if you could grab a busy mom by the shoulders, look her right in the eyes and tell her just one thing, what would it be? First of all, what a great question. I love it. Thank you. And I think that it would be that I would tell that busy woman to listen to her desires. And the reason why I say that is because I think as women, we are uncomfortable with our own desires and we think that they're selfish. And if we follow our desires, we're being selfish. And if we put our desires aside, we're being selfless. And I had a counselor also help me like dissect those words a little bit. And she was like, what does selfless mean? Does that does it mean like without self? When you're selfless, you're without self. Like, is that really what you want to be? Or do you want to have a strong sense of self and who you are? And so she said, you know, you should strive to be self-centered, not in a selfish way, but like centered in yourself and your value and your desires and who you are and having boundaries so that whatever comes at you, you're centered and you, you can like take it, you know, through life. And, and the place to start is actually trusting your desires. So if there's something that you really want in your heart, you should follow that. And if there's something that you really don't want, you should 
follow that as well and have a conversation and say, I don't want to do this anymore, or I don't want to do it in this way anymore, what, whatever it is. And, and obviously in motherhood, there's not, we, there's things that we don't want to do that we have to do. But I think when we come back to our values around it and we're like, okay, maybe I don't want to change my baby's diaper, but I do want healthy, happy children. Like, so I do want to change my baby's diaper, you know? (laughs) So if you can like find that underlying value and, and decide this is what I want, then you're going to be so much happier and a more fulfilled mom than if you're constantly doing all these things that you don't want to do that don't really fit with who you are. You're going to be resentful and not a centered person that can handle the stresses of life. So that's my advice would be to listen to your desires, not shut them down and build a life around your desires. I love that. And I love this question because every single person says something different and it's always so good. I want to do an episode in the future where it's like just these little (laughs) Yes, or like a book. You always sell, yeah, you always say such, I mean, powerful things coming from different perspectives. And so I love It's such a great question because it's like one thing. Like if I, if there's this busy, discouraged mom, like what is the one thing? I mean, such a great question to get you Thank really you. to the heart of things. Well, and I figure, you know, if, if moms can only take one thing from this, they only have the mental capacity to remember one little snippet, that's what they'll remember. So hopefully, hopefully we all connect with that today. Well, tell us a little bit more about where we can connect with you, any opportunities you have for us to learn from you. Tell us about your product you're, you're launching so that we kind of know all the good stuff. Yeah. So my podcast is three and 30 takeaways for moms and you can find that on any podcast app and my pod and my website is three in 30 podcast.com. And the product that I'm launching is a journal for moms. It's a three-year journal and it's called flex of gold. And the concept of it is that, so I heard a story when I was a brand new mom and I was really discouraged. I heard a story about a miner who really wanted to strike it rich in the California gold rush. And he went and he was looking for these big nuggets of gold that he had imagined and that he'd been told that he would find if he went. And day after day, he dipped his pan in the river and he couldn't find any big gold nuggets. So he was about to give up. And he said, there's no gold here. And then an elderly miner told him, there's gold here. You just have to know where to look for it. And the elderly miner cracked open the rocks and showed him that there's these little flecks of gold. And if he collected those, he would build wealth. So here he'd been looking for these huge nuggets when really he should have been focusing on the flecks. And I heard that as a brand new mom and thought, okay, I had envisioned that motherhood would be this golden parade of memories and moments and magic. And maybe instead I need to start focusing on the little beautiful moments, the little flecks of gold and writing them down. So that's what this journal is for is you write down one golden moment each day um, with your kids or even without your kids, just a beautiful moment that you experience each day. And it kind of helps you to retrain your brain to start to see those things as they're happening and collect them. And um, it just really helps you to build joyful motherhood when you can recognize those little golden moments that are happening. 
So that's the Flex of Gold Journal that's available on my website. That is awesome. Well, congratulations. That is a huge accomplishment because I know even just running a podcast is more work than than people think. And so adding on these products or courses or all the other things um, to earn an income for your family is a a lot of work. So congratulations. Thank you. Yeah. And this this Flex of Gold Journal, like I said, it's something that I started thinking about and doing when my son, my son is nine. So it's been like nine years in the making (laughs) and it's finally going to happen on Monday. So I'm super excited about it. That's awesome. Well, I will make sure to get my hands on one so I can share it with my audience. And yeah, hopefully anybody listening, make sure you listen to Rachel's podcast because I listen in every week and it is amazing. So you'll love it. I know you will. So make sure you listen to that and just head on over to her website and see all the all the things she has to offer. And Rachel, thank you again. It's been so fun chatting with you and I just appreciate your time so much. Thank you so much for having me on, Jenna. Well, I hope that episode was inspiring to you. I hope you got a lot out of it and some things that you can go and do today to help you just declutter your mind, declutter your motherhood a little bit. I loved what Rachel said about just kind of doing a brain dump and purging our motherhood closets. I talk a lot about purging physical items in your home and I really like this idea about thinking about our minds and our motherhood as a closet and what would we do if we were purging the physical items in our closet. We would get it all out in the open first and go through it and be really intentional about what we keep. So I want you to go and do that sometime today. Spend 10 or 20 minutes and really just get out anything that's in your mind and think through what do I want as this new year is starting? What do I want to have in my life, on my plate, um, in my mind, all those things so that you can just truly find more joy and peace and space to breathe in your motherhood. So I love that and I hope that you will take it with you as well as so many other little tidbits that um, Rachel went through with us. So again, Rachel, thank you so much for coming on the show and to all of you listeners, I can't wait to meet up with you again next time. Thank you for joining me on the Simple Home Podcast this week. It truly is a blessing to have you here. If you've been enjoying this podcast and found encouragement here, can you take a moment to leave a rating and a review on iTunes? This is how podcasts grow and how they reach larger audiences. And I am so thankful to get to work with so many women and spread this message. So if you have a moment, head to iTunes and leave a rating and a review. I love to read what you have to say, and I might just spotlight you on an upcoming episode. Also, if you think a friend could use this kind of encouragement, go ahead and share it with them. Tell them about the podcast. Tag me on Instagram with a picture of you listening. Whatever we can do to encourage more women to live differently. Thank you so much for listening, and I will talk to you next week.